0: Len Power here again with Theatre of Power, my podcast focusing on theatre and related arts in Canberra and beyond. With social restrictions being reduced bit by bit, it hopefully won't be too long before we can enjoy live theatre performances again. In the meantime, there's still plenty of theatre-related programs available via streaming. In this podcast, I'll be looking at the Street Theatre's St Nicholas, the Canberra Theatre Centre's new CTC at Home season, the Tim Draxel Live concert from the Sydney Opera House, Beauty and the Beast from the Chichester Festival Youth Theatre, and various theatre related and classic movies. And there'll be some important announcements about the revived Alliance French Film Festival and the National Opera, as well as other items as I think of them along the way. After being impressed with the Chichester Festival Theatre's production of the musical Flowers for Mrs Harris recently, I had a look at their youth theatre production of Beauty and the Beast. This isn't the Disney Broadway version. The 2017 production has been adapted from the original story by Anna Ledwich. It has original music and lyrics by Richard Taylor, who also did the music for Flowers for Mrs Harris. The original story of Beauty and the Beast was written by Gabrielle Suzanne de Villeneuve in 1740. A shortened version of the tale was published in 1756 by Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont. Beaumont pared down the list of characters of Beauty and the Beast and simplified the story to transform it into a quintessential fairy tale. This is the version that readers are most familiar with. It tells the tale of a prince cursed and transformed into a hideous beast and the young woman imprisoned by him in his castle, who grows to love him in spite of his appearance. This is a high standard and elaborate production, with a large cast of performers aged under 25. Everyone in the cast, right down to the massive ensemble, has notable stage presence and performs the show with energy and fine singing and dancing. It's been impressively directed by Dale Rooks, with lots of character depth and skill in moving so many players around this stage. The striking production design by Simon Higlett is colourful and makes good use of the revolving stage. It's complemented by moody lighting designed by James Whiteside. The costume designed by Ryan Dawson-Late is excellent with lots of quirky characters spectacularly and originally dressed. The show requires multiple costume changes and with the size of the cast it must have involved designing hundreds of costumes. Compared to his stream of consciousness music for Flowers for Mrs. Harris, Richard Taylor's score for Beauty and the Beast is more conventional, with a couple of big numbers performed with gusto by the full cast, as well as some appealing solos and duets by the leading players. The major leads of Beauty and the Beast are performed and sung with great appeal by Mia Cunningham-Stockdale and Hal Darling, respectively. Nick Barnes has designed a massive puppet for the Beast that is very impressive. How, Darling as the Beast works inside the puppet and creates the perfect illusion of this fearsome but strangely appealing character. His transformation at the end of the show back to human form is cleverly done. This was a fine show that I found captivating. It's a worthwhile alternative to the Disney version and should be considered for production in Australia. The Irish are known to be powerful storytellers. In Conor McPherson's play St. Nicholas from the Street Theatre recently, a boozy, angry and bitter theatre critic goes from audience to centre stage and regales us with his own story of obsession for a beautiful actress, his desertion of his family and the bargain he makes with a group of modern day vampires. Is it true or is it just another story? Irish playwright Conor Macpherson has won various awards for his plays and has been produced in London's West End and on Broadway. St Nicholas is one of his first plays produced in 1997 in London. He certainly has a way with words. The critic is played by Craig Alexander. The only actor on stage for the entire show, he skillfully immerses himself completely in this rich character study, resulting in a marathon performance of extraordinary depth. Music composed and performed live on stage by Canberra-based musician Den Hanrahan nicely underscores the play, creating a haunting atmosphere as the story unfolds. Set designer Imogen Keane has provided a wonderfully spectacular decaying environment for the critic, symbolic of his disordered and self-destructive state of mind. Director Shelley Higgs has created an impressive staging that brings every element of this show together originally scheduled to have a live performance season at this time at the street theatre the play was presented by online streaming free to registered audience members in their homes it's an interesting experiment that came with its own set of challenges rather than a flat filming of the production on stage the company opted to film it cinematically It was a good choice for this one-character show, which benefited from skillful close-up camera work and occasional jump cuts to almost subliminal images, horror movie style. Craig Alexander adjusted his performance very well to this different medium. It can't have been easy performing with a camera so close to his face. However, there was a problem with a lack of clarity in the sound, making a lot of the dialogue difficult to follow. This was especially noticeable for much of the second act. Overall, this was a technical experiment that worked very well for the most part. I'd still rather have seen it in a live theatre with an audience, of course. Australian actor and singer Tim Draxel is arguably one of our top cabaret singers. His performance, Tim Draxel in Concert, was nominated for a Helpman Award for Best Live Music Presentation in 2002. He is probably more widely known for his role as Dr Henry Fox in TV's A Place to Call Home, which played for six seasons until 2018. He is currently able to be seen in full cabaret mode in the Sydney Opera House's From Our House to Yours digital season, filmed in the Joan Sutherland Theatre at the Opera House. One of a series of programs produced especially for viewing during the COVID-19 crisis Tim Draxel presents hit songs from his career as well as songs that reflect on our ever-changing world and numbers from his latest cabaret show, Love is a Drag. Performing to an empty theatre, Tim Draxel is supported with superlative backing by his music director on piano, Daniel Edmonds, Nick Sinclair on bass and Andy Davies on drums. Beginning with the edgy theatre songs, *Vilcommon* Common from Cabaret and Mac the Knife from the Three Penny Opera, Draxel moves to a lush arrangement of the romantic songs Just In Time and It's Been A Long, Long Time, both by Julie Stein. He sings them simply and well, allowing the emotion of the words to speak for themselves. Daniel Edmonds supplies a warmly teasing arrangement that, combined with Draxel's excellent vocal performance, nicely underlines the emotions in the lyrics. The choice of songs that follow include Feed the Birds and Hushaby Mountain from film musicals. Standards like He's Funny That Way, Sting's I'm Not Asking For The Moon, and a medley of two songs from the stage musical West Side Story. Normally when performing in cabaret, an artist creates a bond with the audience by sharing thoughts about the songs they have chosen, revealing insights about themselves. Performing to an empty theatre makes this challenging, but Tim Draxel talks about the songs simply and unselfconsciously in Close Up To The Camera, while Daniel Edmonds provides a continuity on the piano that keeps the emotional content of the show together. It works fine. Having established that there is no audience, it would be better to not keep reminding us by showing the empty auditorium so much. It threatens the fine atmosphere built up by these performers. This was a very enjoyable performance by Tim Draxel and his musicians. It's available to view on demand under Cabaret at the Sydney Opera House's website Digital Season. Have a look at the other programs they have on demand, with new programs added each week. Genres covered include contemporary music, classical music, dance and opera, kids and families, talk and ideas, cabaret and First Nations. As reported in Canberra City News recently, One of Australia's foremost directors of opera and theatre, Gail Edwards, will take over the reins of National Opera's inaugural production, La Rondinée. It was originally planned to be staged at Llewellyn Hall, but following negotiations with the Canberra Theatre, it was announced for the Playhouse in December this year. Further negotiations with the theatre made it clear that those dates would not work for the Canberra Theatre Centre, which was itself juggling postponed bookings, so performance dates were moved to late November. But the dates proved unworkable for the contracted director Kate Gall and conductor Stephen Mould, who subsequently withdrew, although all the singers, including Marina Gore, Henry Chew, Georgia Wilkins, Daniel Todd, and Adrian Tamburini, remained with the production. Edward's presence will bring cachet to the company. Her many productions for Opera Australia have included her long-running La Boheme, as well as Carmen and Aida for Handa Opera on Sydney Harbour, and Salome last year. La Rondinée will be performed at the Playhouse from November 24th to the 28th. A crowdfunding campaign has been set up at australianculturalfund.org.au. Search for National Opera. The Arts Centre Melbourne's Big Night In with John Foreman continues to be a delight every Wednesday. Described as a musical entertainment show which will bring chit-chat, songs, laughs and a grand finale music act performed with the Aussie Pops Orchestra, this show is worth watching every week and you can catch up on previous episodes in the Arts Centre's website if you missed them. I particularly enjoyed episode 6 which included David Campbell in a revealing interview. Prominent musical leading lady Gemma Ricks. Actor and singer Rob Mills. And soprano marusia who talked about working with Andre Rieu and then sang, showing why she's called the Angel of Australia. At the end of May, the Sydney Film Festival joined film festivals from around the world to launch We Are One, a global film festival, a 10-day global digital festival on YouTube. Looking through the list of films to be shown, one in particular caught my eye, Shiraz, A Romance of India. This 1928 silent film tells the story of the commissioning of the Taj Mahal, the great monument of a Mughal prince for his dead queen. Shiraz was shot in Jaipur in India and was an Indian-British-German co-production. It was beautifully restored by the British Film Institute in 2017. The images are razor sharp. It's accompanied by a haunting new score, composed and performed by Anushka Shankar. The film is an extraordinary achievement, giving an insight into life in the palaces in that time. Being made at the end of the silent era, the acting is more naturalistic than earlier silent films, and the cast are all convincing in their roles. A romanticised version of true events, there are contrived elements to the story, but it all works very well and is a film well worth seeing. It was still up on YouTube when I checked on June 17. Search for Shiraz, a romance of India in YouTube. I hope you'll find it as captivating and moving as I did. The streaming of a concert version of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Carousel, which was set to launch Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts' new Broadway Fridays series, has been postponed to July the 10th. The series, featuring free digital streams of past Live from Lincoln Centre broadcasts, was to start with Carousel, with Kelly O'Hara on June 5th, followed by The Nance, with Nathan Lane on June 12th. This has also been postponed. A new streaming date for The Nance will be announced at a later time. James Lapine's production of Act 1 a play about the life of famed theatre director Moss Hart, will be presented June 19, starring Tony winners Tony Shalhoub, Andrea Martin and Santino Fontana. Moss Hart's autobiography, also called Act One, was the basis of this play and is one of my favourite books on theatre. It covers just his early life, but it's a delight. I did see a production of Act One many years ago in Adelaide and I remember enjoying it very much. I'm keen to have another look at it. Next up will be the musical Falsettos on June the 25th. This William Finn musical stars Christian Ball, Stephanie J. Block and Andrew Rannells. The Tony Award winning musical filmed live in 2017 offers a hilarious and poignant portrait of an eclectic modern family. These archival broadcasts can be seen here in Australia on Saturday mornings at 10am on Lincoln Center's YouTube and Facebook pages. Additional Broadway offerings are said to be announced later. Not a good start with the first two postponed, but it looks like they're getting their act together. If you search Broadway Fridays in Google, you can see the schedule of shows coming up. Hopefully they'll stay up for viewing for a while if you can't catch them at the time they're being broadcast. Many a play has been helped to an early grave by a frivolous parody of the title flower drum song may have survived Kenneth Tynan's inspired The World of Woozy song, but the monolithic and boring Children of Eden in 1991 did not benefit from being known as Children of Neesden, and Joshua Logan's deep south cherry orchard, called the Wisteria Trees, quickly became known as Southern Fried Chekhov. Noel Coward called it A Month in the Wrong Country. When the interminable showboat first opened way back, it was dubbed slowboat. Carson McCullough's Ballad of the Sad Café had a new life as The Salad of the Bad Café. Ivan Novello's musicals were always fair game, and many of the spoof titles were traced to Novello himself. For Glamorous Night, read Amorous Bite. For Careless Rapture, Careless Rupture. For The Dancing Years, The Prancing Queers. Perchance to Dream her chance to scream. Novello's last musical, Gaze the Word, needed no scrambling. A review writer, Arthur McRae, dismissed Noel Coward's musical version of Lady Windermere's fan after the ball as I Will See You All Over Again. Robert Helpman, who appeared in the H.M. Tennant revival of Antony and Cleopatra with Edith Evans, rechristened it The Old Lady Shows Her Nipples, the Ladies not for burning became Saint Joan with a happy ending, and Joyce Grenfell requests the pleasure was never on Sunday. One wag thought that Andrew Lloyd Webber's revival of Joseph and his amazing technicolored dream coat should be renamed Jason Donovan Superstar. Jesus Christ! In America, Betty Davis's review "Two's Company" was an evening without Beatrice Lilly, and Cole Porter's "Out of This World." which featured a nearly naked male chorus line, soon became known as Gentlemen Prefer Gentlemen. In Adelaide some years ago, a new play I acted in was called Just Throw Money. None of us thought much of the play and neither did the critics. We started calling it Just Throw Up. The Canberra Theatre Centre has commenced an online streaming program called CTC At Home. There'll be eight weeks of special programming with performances from over 25 local professional artists. The ACT government has given more than $10,000 to help the Canberra Theatre Centre support local artists during this difficult time. Pre-publicity for this initiative says that on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, the digital season of free, streamed performances will include family entertainment, literary readings, music and drama. A mix of live interactive shows and pre-recorded performances, the program will provide something for everyone and programs will also be available any time after their premiere. I had a look at the first two scheduled programs on the opening day. Kids in the House was first up, a song and dance program for children, The Joe Boogie Show and the second offering had prize-winning Irish actor Christopher Samuel Carroll giving a live reading of the first chapter of F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby. In both cases, the performances were filmed on the stage at the Canberra Theatre, facing the empty auditorium. Nothing looks bleaker than an empty theatre, and here it was a background to the on-stage action. Why couldn't this have been filmed from a normal audience point of view? Surely it could have been done with a simple curtain or backdrop to give the performers something more interesting to work against. I didn't recognise either of the two professional performers who are the cast of The Joe Boogie Show. According to their Facebook page, The Joe Boogie Show is a kids' band made up of local fathers Joe Gleason and Mark LeBroy. The main focus of the band is healthy bodies, healthy minds, with a healthy dose of fun. Joe and Mark are locals who met at school here in Canberra and are now dads with six children between them. Their act was certainly energetic, but would have benefited from tighter scripting. To be fair, the show wasn't aimed at someone of my age group and positive comments were rolling in on Facebook as the show proceeded. I got a bit concerned that I would be singing the catchy tune of their brekky wekky lunchy lunchy dinner winner song for the rest of the evening, so I left them to it. Actor Christopher Samuel Carroll was up next, reading the first chapter of The Great Gatsby. He was given a comfy chair, a pot plant and a table with some theatre books on it to add interest, but he still had the vast, empty auditorium of the theatre behind him. Carroll, an excellent actor, read very well, but I didn't think the reading of a chapter of a book was a great choice for television. It's just too passive. Even though I loved the book when I read it years ago, The Great Gatsby does take a while to get going. I felt a bit bored and kept hoping every time he turned a page that it would be the last one. I'd forgotten that F. Scott Fitzgerald writes long chapters. The next chapter will be read by another performer sometime during the season. I don't recognise most of the names of the performers announced already for subsequent shows, but there's certainly variety in the list. It continues on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. See the CTC at Home Facebook page or Canberra Theatre Centre website for details. Following its premature closure due to the COVID-19 health crisis, it's been announced that the Alliance French Film Festival will be resuming its 31st season on Bastille Day from 14th of July to the 4th of August at the Palace Cinemas. For this incarnation of the festival, first-night audiences will be treated to the much-fated La Belle Epoque. Starring acting great Daniel Orte as Victor, a disillusioned man who was given the opportunity to recreate the great love affair of his youth in the hope that it can restore his future. I saw this at the media screening earlier this year and I really enjoyed it. You can hear my review of it in my second podcast of the 2nd of March. The Bare Necessity... Perdrix, a whimsical tale of a family forced to re evaluate their stagnant ways and finally live life to the fullest, will be the final film of the 2020 season. You can see details of the full season for Canberra on the Alliance French Film Festival website. I noticed that Stan is showing my brilliant career in their lineup of films. It's been years since I last saw it, so I had another look. This 1979 Australian film directed by Gillian Armstrong is still a very powerful experience with great performances by Judy Davis and Sam Neill at the start of their careers. Canberra local Anna Senior got an Academy Award nomination for her costume designs at the time. Having got to know Anna in recent years at Canberra Rep, it was interesting to have a close look now at her work in the film. I can't imagine that she had a large budget to work with, but her clothes are superbly done. There are particularly eye-catching costumes for the women with great attention to detail and even down to the clothes of the dirt-poor labourers, it all looks thoroughly authentic. Have a look at her work again if you haven't seen the film in a while and if you've never seen the film, it's still one of the great Australian films. (music) On Amazon Prime... I discovered a 1940s film with the great Barbara Stanwyck called Lady of Burlesque that is of particular interest to lovers of theatre. It's set backstage in the gritty world of burlesque, and the rivalry and camaraderie amongst the colourful performers is expertly done. The story of the film is based on a murder mystery, the G-String Murders, which was surprisingly written by the stripper Gypsy Rose Lee, whose story is told in the Julie Stein Stephen Sondheim musical Gypsy. She certainly knew her way around the burlesque theater of the 1930s. It's a rattling good mystery as well as a fun look at the burlesque era, and Stanwick, as always is superb. The print being shown by Amazon Prime isn’t high quality, but it's definitely worth watching. Another film on Amazon Prime proved to be worth seeing as well. Green Book tells the true story of the black pianist Don Shirley and his concert tour in the deep south of the USA in 1962. A dangerous time for a black artist to tour that area. Shirley hired a New York streetwise Italian to be his driver and minder. The relationship that develops between these two very different people is at the heart of the film, and the recreation of that era is very well done. I enjoyed it immensely. With the Black Lives Matter protests on my mind, I also had a look at another film about racial issues, The Defiant Ones, from 1958. Quite a remarkable film for its time. It tells the story of two convicts, one black and one white, who escape handcuffed together and need to learn to get along to survive. Both the young Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier give excellent performances, and the film is still very powerful. It's available for viewing on Stan. (laughs) Another theatre-related movie, The Comedy Man, turned up on Channel 9's GEM station. Starring Kenneth Moore in one of his best-ever performances, this 1964 movie is about an actor struggling to achieve success in England. The film effectively shows the difficulty of this life for those who are not at the top of the profession – the seedy flat, the constant lack of money, the disillusioned companions. It's a compelling story with great performances from everyone in the cast. Kenneth Moore said himself that it was his best performance ever. Keep an eye out for it on Gem. They seem to recycle their old movies over time, so it should turn up again. It's best to record films in advance on Gem and watch them later, as they're pretty fierce with their multiple and long breaks for commercials. Now, here's a roundup of a few of Artsound FM's programs for this coming week. In In the Foyer next week, Bill Stevens interviews two contemporary dance pioneers, Elizabeth Cameron Dalman and Meryl Tankard. Both have been artistic directors for Australian Dance Theatre, but each is currently involved in very different projects, which they reveal in these interviews. You can hear the program on Monday or Wednesday at 3.30pm. Next Tuesday at 3.30, in Bill's Red Velvet and Wild Baronia, cabaret artist Judy Glenn presents a poignant tribute to Dame Nellie Melba in an extract from her show, Meetings with Melba and Moncrief. If you can't listen to his programs on Art Sound at the specified time, you can go to Bill Stevens' Facebook page, which has links to stream his programs to enable you to listen when it suits you. In my Broadway Musicals Yearbook program this Sunday at 5pm, I look at the shows that opened in the year 1975. Three of the shows were destined to become musical theatre landmarks, Chicago, The Rocky Horror Show and A Chorus Line. It was also the year of The Wiz and Shenandoah. Well, I hope I've given you some more useful suggestions for things to see and do. I'll continue to keep you up to date on what's happening and I'll suggest alternative arts-related entertainment during this difficult time. I'll be back with another podcast soon. Please subscribe to my podcast and like and share my Facebook page, Theatre of Power Podcast. This is Len Power with Theatre of Power. The original music for this podcast is composed by Chris Oppett. Chat again soon.